Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, it's been a skin show, 105.3 The Fan. There's a lot of talk about John Daniels and his his legacy and is he on the hot seat. And KT, I couldn't help but notice you got pulled into the G-Bag Nation today a little bit because of some of this discussion that's out there because you you had kind of dipped your toe in these waters the other day and I guess they pulled you into the nation to, to chat this one up today. I guess I had seen on Twitter and heard on the air a few times um, the statement, they can't or they don't develop players. And yesterday in the opening segment, I think because we start our show at 3 o'clock, <laughs> everything bubbles and builds. And I think I said it in a very dismissive, shots fired way. And that's not what I intended. I thought you were firing shots, but, but I thought you were firing shots at but everybody. But I do disagree with the opinion that the Rangers can't or don't develop players. I just think, I mean, I, and maybe look, I'm on the, I get an email every day that gives the, you guys are probably on it too, that gives the Rangers minor league stats and stories from each stinking day. So I keep I up with their minor day. league system quite a bit. Like, every day. So maybe I'm, I'm in, in that world a little bit as well. But like, I just disagree at the notion that the Rangers can't and don't develop players. But I believe shots because were fired. If that's the case, we would be looking at an extended run of 67 lost seasons like last year just look it's not that this is a direct correlation to anything but does everybody realize out there while they're bitching that the rangers are 30 and 28 in a rebuild year doesn't that kind of say a lot about the the health of the organization look at how many times that they weren't supposed to make the playoffs then they that they did i mean if you really look at it in the grand scheme of rebuilding it's not as ugly as people want to make it out to be. It's just not. If you well, stand back and look at the whole painting, it's a pretty damn good painting. Yeah, uh, and, you know, for a near decade, it was one of the winningest teams in all of baseball. And during the regular season, I think they were the third winningest team for like seven of eight years. And then one year where they weren't in there was the injury Mageddon year. You know, and you've had, you know, so many AL West titles. You had back-to-back trips to the World Series. And I think people are like, okay, but what have you done for me lately? And I get it. Um, although I also don't get it because I grew up here. And so for years, when I was growing up watching the Rangers, I didn't even realize postseason baseball was a thing. I didn't even realize, oh, the season's still going? Because I didn't really think about that. I loved the Rangers before I realized that was even they were missing out on anything. And so this run that they've been on with J.D. and company has been the greatest run in the history of the organization. Now, these things are cyclical. While the Rangers were dominating, the Astros were sucking. I think they had three consecutive number one picks, right? They three, had three consecutive hundred lost seasons. Three I don't consecutive. Even, has that been done in baseball? Number one picks. And so now things have turned around. Now the Rangers are going through the rebuild and the Astros are dominant. And, and look, those things are cyclical. You can't be good forever. It comes down to do you have confidence in the people in charge? And I understand, look, the, the odds have been stacked against JD for a long time. Number one. He's from the East Coast. That doesn't necessarily, that's not beloved here necessarily. Mm-hmm. Get a rope. Uh, number two, there was uh, the way that he and Nolan split, which there's a lot of that that I, I think people look at that and they think, wow, Nolan Ryan was a legend. Who's this kid from New York? I, he never played the game. You know, I saw Nolan beat up Ventura. 
And Ventura got the best of Nolan. He's a legend. And so, and it's hard for people to separate what uh, guys in sports, what they do as players and then what they do as front office people. It's hard for people to separate some of that stuff. Yeah. And I also think, though, that, I mean, one of the problems with this conversation is no one's willing to have any room for nuance. Nolan Mm -hmm. mattered in a big way here. He just mattered in a different way than the personnel guys. Nolan was not a traditional personnel guy right? in terms of building up a farm system stuff. Nolan mattered. He absolutely mattered. Massively. And but and what another thing people aren't willing to realize is that J.D. wanted Nolan to stay. Mm-hmm. It was Nolan who didn't want to stay with J.D. And it was, hey, if I don't get to make all the calls and do it myself, then I'm out of here. And finally, ownership was like, okay, man, you've done this to us before. We can't let go of him. And Nolan didn't want to be GM. He wanted to hire a GM of somebody that he was familiar with. Like what? Like what's going on in Houston? Houston's got a GM, and it ain't Nolan. Yeah, and Nolan's really not. It's that the guy involved. from the Cardinals. What's his name? Lewinow. Lewinow. Yeah. Yeah. That he he's Nolan's not making the decisions there. Lewinow does. Right. And so, um, you know, but again, that it's easier to say, hey, you know, this that you know this guy ran off Nolan. It's not necessarily the way it happened. And Jackie Moore was a key point in all this. Jackie Moore's a sweet guy, a baseball lifer, and. He was falling asleep in the dugout and falling asleep in meetings that he was running. And he was a sweet man, but it in a baseball lifer. And, 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 but it was time to move on from that as this team got better and better. And, and that drew a lot of ire as well. So, but if you, if you just focus in on can uh, this team draft and develop pitching, you know, this, this dawned on me when talking to Jared about if five of the 41 picks here make the majors, then it, this was a good draft this year. That's crazy. Um, and so actually over the years, the Rangers have drafted and developed a number of major league pitchers. Now, a lot of them have been traded away, mm-hmm. which those trades, when they happen, you know, it's like, look, here the Rangers are, they're going for it. Adrian Beltre is going to be pissed if you don't go get them the help they need. The dugout, the clubhouse is going to be upset and they go out and get the best starting pitcher available or the best bat available Carlos Beltran or whatever whatever it is and sometimes it and, doesn't work out and it just doesn't work out sometimes and you, it hasn't dude we were celebrating and pumping our fists when they got Matt Garza or at least I was oh everybody was I he mean, was I, the best available right it just didn't work out man it just it didn't work out but in terms of you know so again it's nuance but it, you know the idea is can the rangers draft and develop major league pitchers well Kyle Hendricks that was a bad trade but that is an impact major league starter. Jared Eikhoff, backup rotation starting pitcher. Uh, Keone Kella, impact reliever. Connor Sadzik, middle reliever. C.J. Edwards, setup guy. Justin Grimm, middle reliever. Neil Ramirez, middle reliever. Jeffrey Springs, middle reliever. Brett Martin has a chance to be a really good setup guy or maybe even a starter. Martin Perez, who's kind of a back of the rotation guy, who's rediscovered his stuff in Minnesota to a degree. He's it's about to fall started trending down, trending yep. down a little. It's because he's bit. Martin Perez, and we saw um, that for seven years. Ariel Harado, uh, back in middle rotation starter. Nick uh, Martinez, uh, kind of a swing man type guy. Uh, Cody Edge, uh, uh, is that how you pronounce the name? Edge. Edge. Uh, I'm, not, I'm up. not sure about Cody. Uh, left on left reliever. Phil Klein, um, uh, reliever, and so. That actually stacks up really well if you look club by club. In fact, Baseball America took a look at which teams have signed the most big leaguers first signed as amateurs, and that's whether it's through the draft or whether it's through international baseball. And the Rangers and Braves are one and two, and it's by a long margin. And then there's third and so on in the rest of the league. And I'll I'll try to find that article and tweet it out. But um, look, it's just – 
it is what it is. This is one of those down times, and so it's easy to be disappointed. But you know, it's and it's also hard. It'd be a lot easier because, like in 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 basketball or in football, you could say, "All right, it's been bad, but our hope is that draft pick. We just got a number one pick, or we just got a great pick, and it's going to turn things around." It's such a slow burn with the baseball draft. That's not even there. So I can and and dude. Um, John Daniels has made mistakes. And, he's made a ton of mistakes. And he, he'd be the first to tell you that. And so I'm not just going to sit here and cape for J.D. and say he's the best GM ever. Um, it's been a fantastic run for the Rangers, and they are in the middle of a rebuild. But, man, I'm super stoked and, and still incredibly happy that he is the general manager of the Rangers. And it's, you know, it's just untrue to say that they can't draft or develop anybody. I'm just uh, – here. here's the way I look at it. Uh, the way I look at it is – because, like you, Ben, I grew up here, and I just remember what the Rangers were like. I mean, the greatest achievement was, you know, the one series against the Yankees where you won one game, you know, that until J.D. and those guys got here. That was your greatest achievement. And so there was a lot of bad baseball for a number of years where you just didn't really expect the Rangers to be any good. And then when J.D. and his group got here, a lot of good stuff happened. And so really what this comes down to is it comes down to where Nelly Cruz was on that play. This is all it comes down to. Because if you win one World Series, then all of this BS goes away. And it doesn't matter. If you want to give Nolan credit for Nelly making a catch that he should have made or what, what, or being in front of the ball, whatever, whatever you want to say, doesn't matter. You give the credit to whoever you want, all of this discussion goes away. It really does singularly come down to that. Because if you have, and I'll give you a real tangible example, there's been a ton, a ton of horrible decisions that the Mavericks have made. But 2011 really covers up a lot of it. It covers up a ton of it. Getting over the hump once for a fan base that has never experienced it. The baseball fan base had never experienced even being, you know, in a, in a situation to go to the World and Series. The CS, yeah. Right? They'd never even been close to that. So then you get here and you have that two World Series runs. But because you didn't get over the hump, everyone is bitter. And they look at it in a very jaded fashion. Dude, there is, there's no telling what the perception would be of the Mavericks if they hadn't gotten over the I, hump But they still took it in the shorts right? for the years afterwards. Like, hey, this is like, like I, I understand what you're saying about someone who's never been there before. But, like, I'm taking the Cowboys have been there before. Mm-hmm. But if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year... And then Jason Garrett starts the season 0-4. The Jason Garrett needs to be fired stuff ain't going away. That'll still be here in 2021 or in 2020 if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year. I think, it's the same I, type of—I mean, I, I, I feel like the, a lot of people have made up their mind on J.D. No, and I don't I, I think know, they're going to change. And what I'm saying is, is what is the difference in what J.D. did and what he didn't do if Nelly Cruz is in the right spot? What, there's no difference at all. I still but think the, people but, are gonna get mad if your team's not winning in this yeah, city. I know, I know, but but it buys you a lot of credit getting it done. Mm-hmm. Getting it done buys you a ton of credit. Let me ask you this: If the Mavericks didn't win in 2011, you think Rick Carlisle would still be the coach here? No, no. hell no. no, hell no, he wouldn't. No. And so my point is, is the Mavericks got it done, and that buys you a lot of leeway. The Rangers got there; they were one of the best teams in baseball over a long period of time. They didn't get it done. And so that front office ends up wearing things that they probably shouldn't have to wear. To Ben's point, they've made a lot of mistakes. 
I would argue the Shinsu Chu signing, even though those numbers are okay, but it ends up being pretty horrible because it was done in conjunction with the Prince Fielder signing, which ended up being pretty horrible. People call me Chu. All right. So, hey, that's the way it goes. Or the trade. And, and you know, no one knew that was. Yeah, the trade. I'm sorry. And no one knew the Kinsler trade that he was going to, you know, have a neck injury. But you're right. The end result is it didn't. It didn't work out. You had two massive contracts that aren't producing for you. But let's go back to the, you know, that decade of winning, so to speak. They start rebuilding in 2007, 75 wins. 2008, 79 wins. Then you jump to 2009. They would have been the second wild card had it existed with 87 wins. Then in 2010. 90 wins, AL pennant. 2011, 96 wins, AL pennant. 2012, 93 wins, first wild card. 2013, 91 wins, uh, wild card tiebreaker game. Then 2014 was the injury Mageddon year, like the weirdest injury year of all time. Mm -hmm. They come back in 2015, 88 wins, won the division. 2016, 95 wins, won the division. And so during that stretch... From 2009 to 2016, the fourth most wins in baseball. Um, since 2010 to 2016, third most wins in baseball. Uh, the only team in Major League Baseball to win 87-plus games at least seven times in eight years since 2009. Uh, from 2010 to 2016, the third most postseason games in Major League Baseball with 42. Uh, since 2010, tied for most division titles in Major League Baseball, four with the Dodgers and the Tigers, and that was through their winning window. Mm -hmm. And then they had to tear it down and start over because th that's the way the game is is built. It's it's cyclical. It's built that way. It's really hard to have sustainability and longevity when you're going through the winningest period in your franchise's history. What encourages me is the fact that this front office is willing to look at themselves and say, what do we need to do better? Mm -hmm. How can we improve? What are ways we can get better? And they're clearly doing that. And so... Uh, look, I think this draft is indicative of that. This draft is a is a change in approach. This draft, these last couple days, they drafted more college players than high school players because they want to minimize risk. They're not taking the toolsy guys with the higher ceiling, the younger guys that are going to take longer. They're taking more sure bets, and they're also finding their identity. You know, for their identity to be pitch selection, they want guys who are really good at identifying pitches and not chasing, and they feel like they can coach everything else. And that's what they've been drafting. So I really like the direction it's going, but but I can understand frustration because it ain't fun to go through a rebuild. It's just not, so I get it. But if you see the big picture, you realize, okay, they're going through a rebuild because they're coming out of the greatest period they've ever had as a team. And, oh, my God, look at this. The rebuild is kind of ahead of schedule. Yeah, they're above 500 right now. None of us expected it. We thought they would suck this year, and it may end up that they suck. I'll say this. All those stats that you read, all those numbers, all that reflection, to me, all that does is it, in my opinion, in my estimation, you give that same front office that did all that the chance to do it again. And if we're two years from now and this team still can't get anybody here, they still don't have any pitching ready to go and they still suck, I get it. Get your pitchforks. That's the way sports goes, and I guarantee you the guys in the front office of the Rangers know that. But, man, they have certainly, with what they did over that time period, afforded themselves the opportunity to do it again. Can they do it again? We shall see. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 